we go. Welcome to Nothing to Say, the fans podcast. So much to get to. Baseball, football, power rankings, move the chains, everything. Let's get to it. Um, the, one of the first things that we have to, I'm, I'm not waiting. I'm, I'm not waiting any time. We got too much to get oh. to and not a lot of time. All right. So let's start with baseball. We normally talk about football um, as the primary topic of the day, and it still will take up the majority of the show, but we cannot and will not overlook the fact that Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs in an MLB season. And let's begin the debate, and the, the, the debate has already begun, but on our show, let's begin the debate on whether or not that is the home run record, because we all know that Barry Bonds has the, you know, I don't want to know, I don't want to put quotation marks around it, but I mean, set, he, he hit 73 home runs in the season, and a lot of people consider that the single season record. But now Judge hit 62, he passed Roger Maris, and now there's conversation about which one actually is the record. So Sam, I'll give you the floor on this one. You are a little more in tune to baseball than I am, so uh, let me know your thoughts. Yeah, I mean, it, Bonds is the record holder. He hit 73 home runs in the in a season, right? You can't dispute it. Whichever way, which however he got there, you can't really, I, you can't put it into the equation. I I feel like because the dude put the bat on a ball and hit it out of the park 73 times. So there's no way you can just erase that. Um, I am in the camp of, yeah, I think Judge is that guy that the MLB should put forward as the, almost the record holder. Cause they don't really talk about bonds. They didn't really talk about bonds at all during this big run. It was just how many it would take for judge to pass Ruth and Maris. Um, so that's where I feel like they should really lean into that of judge is one of the greatest home run hitters of all time. Um, I feel like, it's almost been underplayed a little bit because there isn't that, if only there was a guy that was kind of hitting home runs as frequently as judge was. And it was almost like a big old race because it's just been judge this whole time dominating MLB headlines. But I feel like mainstream media really needs to like tune in on this because this is an incredible feat. Yeah. Bond still holds the record. He did it in 2000 and two I want to say either 2002 2003 so it's only been a two decades since this whole but I don't think anyone's going to get past 73 what Bonds did and I really don't think anyone's going to get past judges 62 now because when did Roger Maris do it put up 61 that, in 1960 yeah that um that record I think has stood for exactly 61 years was what I had was what I heard right there's no uh, as time has gone on, guys are getting more aren't hitting as many home runs every single year because pitching has been so dominant with guys throwing faster and faster with more curve or more illegal substances on the ball. The balls have been played around with. Are they juiced? Are they not juiced? And for this to just come out of nowhere, where this guy isn't even locked up long term, bets on himself goes out and now he's going to get he's going to be demanding 300 plus million from any team uh and a guy really who broke out in his rookie year but hasn't really lit the world on fire yet he's played well but he's had a couple of down years maybe some injury riddled years for sure but this year just came out of nowhere for Aaron Dredge and really can't be happier for a guy because he doesn't do anything wrong doesn't say anything wrong I think he's a he could like a great face to represent the game during all of this and how he's really presented himself. Um, but I guess a long-winded way of saying he the MLB should present him as the guy. Yeah, I, I mean to put it in context, the next closest guy is Kyle Schwarber, and he's 16 home runs away. It wasn't even like it was this wasn't even a race. Um and, you know, I, I'm not as big of a baseball fan as you are. Um, I've tried my best over the past couple of months to, one, be paying attention to this race and really keeping my ear to the ground on all of this. And this, this has been a huge conversation. And I think I stand on the side 
that you said right at the beginning. I think Barry Bonds has to be considered the single season um, home run champion. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, yeah, okay, we can we can talk about the steroids and stuff, but you still have to you still have to hit it. You know, I mean, you can be the biggest, most juiced guy of all time. There's a, there's an actual skill to being able to locate the ball um, and swing at the right time, and hitting the baseball is arguably the hardest thing to do in all of sports so sure maybe he was uh juiced out of his mind but the skill to be able to do all of that i don't think can be i don't think you can overlook that everything that i had been hearing over the past couple weeks was really you know between judge and bonds like who really should be presented as the home run champion and i had heard a couple people talk about this idea about sort of making a delineation in the record book about mm. what these records actually are like like you can look back at the football record uh, at the record books like it's not really fair to say that someone is the single season rushing champion when the NFL used to play 12 games so they're right. like a delineation between oh this was you know the single season rushing champion for 12 game season a 14 game season a 16 game season I've come around to the idea that making a delineation like that in the rule book for the MLB just seems like it would be such an easy thing to do. Um, and the line of demarcation, I think, was like in the record book, you could draw a line saying, hey, from after like before 2005 or 2006, the MLB didn't test for steroids. This was the home single season home run champion that post that this was the champion or. I don't know. Still, I don't even know if that's the right delineation to make, but something to acknowledge the fact that, yeah, I mean, Barry Bonds and I mean that may have been in. It's a legitimate record in the sense that it holds still in the record you book. But put in the quotation, it's it's there. It's it is there. there. Like, this, that's what I'm saying. If there's this but, record book somewhere, which I'm yeah. sure there's not an actual book, it's probably online somewhere. But if there's this book. Barry Bonds' name is written in there. Right, and it should be. And But this, I mean, me going like this with the quotation marks kind of indicates how weird of a conversation it might be because how you look at it in terms of if it was cheating or if it wasn't because they weren't <clears throat> testing for it. It wasn't allowed, but they weren't testing for it. Well, they were. it wasn't as strict. They were still testing right. for it. Guys still got popped, but it wasn't. And I think like 50% of the league was doing, like almost half the players were doing, like 40 mm-hmm. to 50% were. Um, Pretty even playing field. <laughs> yeah so like it was it was a big it was a big amount so i think you have to take into context what was happening at to- at the time in the sport um not sure anybody's ever going to come close to barry bonds in the 73 anymore um this will probably be the closest anybody will get i imagine um yeah i mean to put it i think when he was at like 50 home runs every single analyst was like why are you pitching to him why is he still getting things to hit, right? So I, th- I think it's miraculous that he really got to 62 because if you're going, especially with how the other players on the Yankees were playing during the majority of the year, there's no, no reason Aaron, Rudd, Aaron Judge should have gotten anything near the plate at any moment. And when he got something semi-hittable, he hit out of the park because the dude was locked in the entire year. Mm-hmm. But I think now, if he, is he going to get anything to hit except for mistakes? Probably not. The rest probably, of his career? Probably uh, probably shouldn't, I would, Im- <laughs> I would imagine. Um, well, I think it's awesome that this was happening the same time that the Albert Pujols chase was going on, uh, which I don't think we talked oh, about. yeah. Um, yep. Him getting to 700, and he's still climbing. I think he's at like 703 now. The dude's having a great year. Um, and in like his age 43 year, it's really incredible. But the, those two like milestone launches really puts baseball on the map. And I think lending the spotlight to Aaron Judge year after year of, yeah, this guy holds the record. Yeah, it's the AL record, but it's the record for home runs in a season. I think wouldn't be a bad thing for the MLB. No, definitely not. And it's just such a cool um 
such a cool thing, honestly. I mean, just for him to be able to to do it. I, I mean, not not only breaking not only breaking the record, but I don't know the the word the word that I heard this week that I really liked the phrase that I that I liked was it kind of felt like he cleansed the record book a little bit. Mm. And so when I say like, it was just cool that he was able to do it one, yes, that he actually hit 62, but that he did it. uh, We're all, at least at this point, like, I'm I'm not going to sit like he's clean, like he's, he's clean. And he did it in an era that he's got pictures. Yeah. That pictures are so dominant um, usually. And yeah, so just just to have a player come through, and I, you know what? I actually feel like the MLB needed it a little bit with all of the stuff that's happened with, you know, the lockout and the popularity of baseball going down. And I don't know. I think I, we didn't really talk a ton about the changes that are going to be made to the MLB with the pitch clock, the shift, and the bases and stuff. So maybe and this is impossible to predict, but maybe having something like this happen the season before all of that happens, maybe it'll get just get people that much more excited for the upcoming season of baseball. Um, Mm -hmm. And because records are fun. (laughs) I mean, that's why people love sports and that's why people play sports is to break records. And Um, the home run is the most exciting part of baseball. Right. And you had two of those guys, Judge in particular, who was driving. He was in he was on ESPN every single day. Even when he wasn't hitting home runs, when he's when he was close, it was like that home run watch. We're looking for mm-hmm. 61, 62, 60. And it's honestly a lot of people aren't Yankee fans. A lot of people hate the Yankees, Yankee fans, because of everything, all the payroll spent, all the success really that they've had. But it was kind of perfect that a New York Yankee was the one to break the AL home run record after Ruth, after Maris, right? It almost added a little bit, and it's the biggest market. So you're still, it's the biggest star in the biggest market. Kind of maybe take, he's probably the face of the MLB right now. Mm-hmm. Him and uh, Otani, for sure. Yeah, but Otani, uh, he can't even... I think people know who Otani is, but probably didn't watch a lot of what Otani was doing because the Angels were just bad. Yeah, he did have a historic season. Um, I just I saw a stat about it um, yesterday. He's he's rewriting the record books. It's not even. It's if you want to make a delineation between eras, I think comparing Shohei Otani to literally anyone else in the MLB. Just isn't fair because he should win MVP every single year. The dude, right? I I feel like he's gonna get treated like LeBron mm-hmm. in the sense that it's like he's clearly the best overall player, but we can't give it to him every season. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's the same. I feel like it's gonna be the same thing because I read the stat and I don't. I don't. I I think it was like top five in home runs and top five in like either ERA or strikeouts, something mm-hmm. like that. And I think the stat was talking about how it had only been done like five times in the MLB in MLB history. And the last time was like 1890 or something like that. Um, I did a double take on the stat and it was just, it blew my mind. Um, But yeah, he won't get it. He won't get it. And judge, judge is definitely going to get it. Judge deserves it for sure. I don't think first off, you can't give it to show it because the angels stink and if you're not giving it to someone that just broke the home run record, then how are we defining most valuable right. and really best? Like, what is what would someone have to do at that point? Break it again. I don't. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know. Um, all right. Well, Aaron Judge, I know you're a frequent listener to the show. Nice job. Thanks, that. Aaron. Hey, great job. Great job, Aaron. We're, our alarms are going off right now. It's like mm-hmm. and that, it's our that's, celebration. Exactly. So, all right, um, let's move our way towards football. We had said that we were going to do a power rankings, but we were waiting until about week four or week five to really get a gauge at where everybody was at. So we have hit that mark. We've made our power rankings. Sam has his, I have mine. First things first, we are going to read ESPNs because the reason why we do this is to show you guys that 
our power rankings are way better anyway. So I'll start with ESPN. And I'm going to start from 10 and move my way up towards one. So we'll read ESPN's first. Sam will do uh, his bottom five. I'll do my bottom five. And then we'll, yeah, we'll work our way up. So let's start at number 10 for ESPN. Then the Cincinnati Bengals at number 10. Number nine, they have the Baltimore Ravens. Eight, they have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Seven is the Minnesota Vikings. They have the Vikings mm-hmm. in their top 10. Six is the Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. Five is Miami Dolphins. Four, Green Bay. Three is Philly. Two is Buffalo. And one is Kansas City. So those are your power rankings from ESPN. Now let's get to the correct ones. Sam, you go first. We'll go uh, yeah, 10 through six. The most correct. So at number 10, you got to put, you got to reward teams for what they've done so far this year. So I got the Giants in at number 10, a three and one team, big time surprise, honestly playing great under Brian Dayball with Saquon Barkley, probably the best running back in the league so far. Number nine, I have Baltimore, uh, eight, the Bengals, seven, I have the Packers, and six, I have the Jacksonville Jaguars. You put the Jacksonville Jaguars all the way up at six. Yep. Because it's correct. Wow. <laughs> um, that's that is um, a surprise. It, you know, when you didn't say the Jags at ten, I was like, okay, so the Jags didn't make it. <laughs> um, oh, they made. It. I'm high on the Jags. Why are the Jags that much higher than the Giants? Because uh, the only and I'm not saying I don't even have the Giants in my top ten. They would be like mm. twelve or eleven for me. Um, kind of like Minnesota. Um, but why, if you're pointing to the record as maybe one of the reasons why they're there, Jacksonville's mm-hmm. two and two. So yeah, I think it's it comes down to opponents. Uh, the Giants certainly have had an easy first four weeks of the year um, and gotten the job done. I think they've gotten some big-time surprises with beating Tennessee, uh, beating Cleveland, so, I mean, you got to reward them for that. Jacksonville, I think, in the manner at which they were able to absolutely dominate the Chargers and Colts, who both of us had making the playoffs this year, I think you got to reward them. And then what did they do? They lost to the Commanders in week one. Anything can happen in week one. And they lost to Philly, who's going to be probably, I think, top two in both of our power rankings. So They were thrashing the Eagles at the beginning of that game, too. <laughs> Yeah, they. You know what? I wouldn't say they were thrashing. I think they they were very. They capitalized on the opportunities that the Eagles gave them because the Eagles started off awful, and Jacksonville looked game, really. Uh, But I think it it just ended up being what it should have been. Philly's a better team, better spot right now, and Jacksonville's just young, on the road. Yeah. Um, All right. Well. I do not have the Giants in my top ten, um, and I think the re- the reason why the reason why I didn't put them in my top ten was for the reason why you pointed out is they haven't had the toughest of schedules. They played the Panthers, the Bears, um, and then the Titans uh, and Cowboys. So not mm. a murderer's row of a schedule. Um, at number ten for me, I put Jacksonville at ten. Um, I. Mm definitely think they deserve a spot in the top 10 their schedule has been rough and in terms of in terms of playing above expectation i mean if we're just comparing last season to this season i mean it's not even it's night and day it is night and day between what they were um and i guess the two words that i would use to describe is dysfunctional and functional i mean that's really how i would describe it it comes down to Urban Meyer. Say, how bad was Urban Meyer? <laughs> Urban Meyer. Doug Peterson <laughs> better be sending flowers to Urban Meyer every single day. Thank you so much for screwing this up. And there's giving me Trevor nothing, yeah, there's nothing Doug Peterson could have done worse than what, than what was done. He I could think, have won two games and it would have been like, great job. Thanks for turning us around. I think the mood after the first week, even which ended in a loss to a commander's team that's 
proving not to be not very good was oh Jacksonville actually looks really good fighting hard right, yeah. big time and then ended up turning around and their offense has stayed really competent but that defensive pressure has just been coming through mm-hmm. um all right so Jacksonville at number 10 I have to put the Ravens in at nine and that's more of a um nod to Lamar Jackson than anything Oof. else I know I know that they've blown to gigantic leads but as long as Lamar is on that team it's hard for me not to think that they're a top 10 team in the league and I know that again they lost their two biggest collapses came against two top five teams so it's not like they had a collapse against you know the commanders we're just piling on the commanders right now but it's not like they blew a gigantic lead to terrible teams I mean the Bills offense can score on you like that um, and Miami, that game just they just went nuclear. So I have the Ravens at nine. I have yeah. the Bucks at eight. I have your San Francisco 49ers at seven. And it's not because of their offense, it's more because of their defense. So I have 40 the 49ers at seven. As a I, as a positive. As a positive, yes. Um, and then I put the Dallas Cowboys at number six. Um I put Dallas at. I I forgot the, about the Cowboys. Oh, you forgot about the Cowboys! Wow. So we know if we just Higgins. if we pull the curtains back, what I did this five minutes before we started. So um, I. <laughs> definitely forgot about the Cowboys. No, nope, they don't make it. No Hammer. starting QB. They don't make it. Hammer down. All right. <laughs> Let's go. Give me your uh, top five. So at number five, I think I have the Niners. Um, Lost to two teams they definitely shouldn't have, but taking care of business in a tough division, especially the way they were able to, every time they play Seattle, it's a little different now that Wilson isn't there, but every time they play Seattle, it's tough. No matter what is happening, no matter the records of either team, it's just a tough game each time, and they were able to handle them getting through the Trey Lance injury. If it makes you feel any better, ESPN has Dallas at 11. So they're not in theirs either. Nice. That does make (laughs) me feel better. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And the way they were able to just beat, it's this Rams game couldn't have come at a better time. I feel like it's just like a palate cleanser for the Niners every single year. It's like their world is falling. Then they play the Rams and look absolutely great. And everyone just shuts up. The yeah. amount of times that Kyle Shanahan's record is brought up without Jimmy G, he's like a 30% win rate or whatever. It's like, he is a top three NFL coach. Just stop talking, please. He's no Josh McDaniels. Okay. The dude knows how to coach offenses. Right. I, that, I, that was a, a lot for number five. Number four, I had the bills. Hot take. Um, Big time win against Baltimore have looked great. Uh, I think it's more about what the other teams in front of them have done because that was a tough loss against Miami. Uh, I got the Chiefs at three. I think maybe you could definitely argue that they've looked at times like the best team in Mm -hmm. the NFL for sure if it wasn't for a collapse against the Colts. I think that Colts loss is a little bad because they definitely played way down to the level of their opponent. Uh, Two out of the Dolphins. Who knows if it wasn't for a sketchy doctor and the NFL concussion protocol, <laughs> my, my, uh, Tua might be starting this week, you know, cause he yeah. wouldn't have gone in and gotten injured and everything. I think that's a huge loss. They might not stay there for a while, but this, you got to re- pay dividends to what this team has done. And they definitely looked like they've done enough to be like a top two team in the NFL. And then last going to be the Eagles because they're the only undefeated team and they've really looked great on both sides of the ball um all right so I have the Packers at five um I think they're definitely turning it around uh, on the offensive side of the ball I think they figured out um exactly how they're going to go forward in this offense using both their stud running backs Dobbs Dobbs is coming into his own Lazard is playing better. Rodgers is still Rodgers, so I got to put Green Bay at five. I would have put this team higher 
last week. However, they are one game post their starting quarterback, so I'm knocking them a little, but I'm going to put Miami at four. Um, if, again, if this was last week and they hadn't played a game, I would definitely say that Miami was two, most likely, is probably where I would have put them. So it's more of the fact that we've seen them without Tua. They're definitely not as good with Tua, but they're still a force to be reckoned with. So I got to put the Dolphins at four. I also have the Chiefs at three. Um, and then I have the Bills at two. Um, I do think everything that I heard coming out of the Bills-Dolphins game was how Miami has such a ridiculous home field advantage. And I didn't know this, but apparently that stadium is set up in such a way that the Dolphins are in the shade the entire day. And the, and the, uh, the opponent's bench is in the sun the entire game. So not only is it hot, but there's no escape from the sun. And I really do think that when Buffalo plays Miami up in Buffalo, when it's cold, I think they're going to, I I do think they're going to win that game by at least a touchdown. It's the, it's the last game of the year. I want to say it's either Uh, the week 16 or week 17. So it's going to be, it might be snowing. It might be snowing. I was going to say, I think, I think the same thing that helped Miami win in their game is going to help Buffalo um, win in their game. So I do think the elements just got the best of Buffalo. And then the Eagles are number one. They're the only undefeated team. I don't know why I don't see the Eagles. I've looked at a couple different power rankings and I, uh, people are just not putting them at one. And I don't know why. I don't, I don't know what else they have to do um, yeah. in order to get the number one spot. There's a, there's a few places that are putting them at one. Um, CBS right here, I've got their power rankings up right now. Their top five is Eagles one, Bills two, Chiefs three, Packers four, and Miami five. Um, the, why are the Packers so high? They have looked awful. They have not looked awful. They haven't looked dominating, but they haven't looked awful. I think that's a little harsh. I don't think there's any game where both sides of the ball has played well. Mm, I don't know. I mean, their defense, their defense has played well. They've allowed, um, I think they're close to the bottom, like five in terms of like positive, in terms of points allowed. They've only given up 69 points. Granted, yeah. they've only scored 75 points. Um, so that, oh my gosh, they're three and one with a six point differential. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's just giving up to the third string QB who I can't remember his name. On New England. His last you know, name 20... is Zappy. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know his first name, but Zappy. <laughs> Zappy. To give it up 24 to Zappy is not a good showing. And then this offense has been sputtering. If they could go back right now, if they could veto the Devontae Adams trade somehow, I think they would do it in a heartbeat. I, I... think Devontae would do it in a heartbeat at this point. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> he's happy right where he is um all right well those are our power rankings i will read you mine from 10 to 1 real quick jags at 10 ravens 9 bucks 8 49ers 7 cowboys 6 packers 5 dolphins 4 chiefs 3 bills 2 eagles 1 yeah and they're going to be right up in the middle of us here uh i got giants Baltimore, Bengals, Packers, Jags, Niners, Bills, Chiefs, Dolphins, Eagles. I will put up a poll um, up on our social media handle. It's above us somewhere. Um, I'll put it up on Instagram. You guys can vote on which power rankings you agree with more, either mine, Sam's, or ESPN's. Um, maybe, maybe you like ESPN's ranking more, but I, I don't, I don't think. I, I hope I don't not. Think, I don't even know why they're in business um all right so let's sports exactly all right let's take a look at the week five schedule but we're going to do it um in two different ways the first way is we're going to start with a move the chains variation uh, and then we're going to make our week five pick so let's roll the intro for move the chains So, move the change. Normally, we react to the previous week. We didn't film last week. Uh, a lot of busy stuff happened for the both of us last week. Sam was working like 70 hours. I had 
a bunch of exams. We have to take a week off. So move the change. We're actually going to preview week five with a couple things to look out for in these upcoming matchups. So I will start with mine since Sam kicked off our power rankings. The first one that I am going to be looking at is I'm going to give credit to Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks. And I'm going to say I will not be surprised if Geno goes down to New Orleans and they beat the Saints in New Orleans. The Saints right now are one in three. Geno's mm. playing great, great football right now. And with Andy Dalton quarterbacking the Saints, now granted, they didn't even they didn't look bad last week with Dalton at the helm. I don't want to um, throw Dalton in the woods here. He actually looked uh, he looked pretty good, but I do think that there is a chance that Seattle goes down to New Orleans and kind of kind of kicks kind of kicks New Orleans while they're already down, and then Seattle moves to three and two. Yeah, I gotta I gotta move the chains on that one. I think. New Orleans is kind of limping right now with yeah. injury to their quarterback, injury to Kamara, Thomas. They're, this defense isn't carrying them like I thought they were going to. Oh, man, yeah, I think they've definitely had a tough time, though. Tough schedule for New Orleans, but got to give credit to Gino. It, it could yeah. be a game where he falls flat on his face because he's getting hyped up so much, and we know what Gino Smith is really at this point, but Let's see it. Let's see him get to three and two. I'd love it. I would love to see it. Um, so mine, it's coming off of sort of a reaction to what we saw Monday night. I think it's panic time for the Rams, especially with the Cowboys coming in and beating them this weekend with Cooper Rush. You know what? I, uh, <laughs> It might, yeah, I, I, I'll, I'll move the chains on that one. I think it's panic time as well. I mean, so if we take a look at their schedule, they got they got worked against the Bills, which I think the Bills are going to do that to a lot of a lot of teams. So I don't want to say that like that one is um, you know the worst loss ever. They had a tough time against Atlanta. Now I think Atlanta is a little bit better than everybody thought they were going to be. So. Um, but at the end of the day, I think we'd all think that the Rams would have handled that game better than 31 to 27. The Cardinals, they beat the Cardinals. And then, yeah, the 49ers worked them. Um, so, I mean, I'm looking at their upcoming schedule here. And they have the Cowboys. Well, I, I think I agree with you. I think they are going to lose that game. They should beat the Panthers. But then then they have uh, – the games against the Niners, the Bucks, and the Cardinals, back to back to back, and that's a tough. That's a tough draw for them. They play the Saints after that, but the rest of the way they get the Chiefs, the Seahawks, the Raiders, the Packers, the Broncos. They have to play the whole AFC West, which is not as daunting as it felt at the beginning of the season. But and they a couple get of those Green teams Bay. are easy wins. Yeah, and they get Green Bay, so it's not an easy schedule. For the Rams going forward so I think you're right I think this Dallas defense matches up really well their secondary what they're putting out Trayvon Diggs is picking up right where he left off last year Micah Parsons is maybe the front runner for defensive player of the year early in this season I think they match up so well against this offense and the Rams defense just has not played to form with all the firepower that they have on that side of the ball. And Cooper Rush, man, he's making some throws out there. It, he, it's not the flashiest, but it, there is a silent confidence to his game that I think if you're a Dallas fan, I would be eagerly excited for this game. He is Jimmy. He's the Jimmy Garoppolo for the 49ers. He doesn't make the flashiest throws, but when he plays, they win. I, <laughs> Well, I mean, I pick, I watched the game, the latter part of the game. Gosh, who did they just beat? They just beat the Giants. And they got to watch the end of that game where they're up by two scores, and he's still throwing that ball down the field, still pushing it down the field. And they I played think the they played the Commanders. They played yeah, the yeah the Giants the week before yeah yeah the, the Commanders game. I I think he's just able to push it down the field with, and that's I think that's a confidence thing when you're able to let that go carefree and he's not worried about making a mistake and he's 
And that, even in that Giants game, when they really needed against a big time divisional opponent on Monday night, that that game winning drive, that last one, just looked so effortless. It was, it was boom, 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 down the field. Well, I mean, he's playing with house money, right? Like he's got nothing to lose. Like he's earning himself. He's some got money. nothing to lose. He's, yeah. he's not he's not playing with house money. He is playing for a big time contract from one of these teams, which I think he'll get, especially a guy that was cut, put on a practice squad, elevated, cut again. He's gonna be a backup quarterback in this league for a long time. If mm-hmm. at the very least, maybe even a starter for one of these teams. Yeah, Carolina could use him right now. Um, <laughs> that has not worked out. Or Atlanta um, maybe be looking back into the quarterback market. Who knows? Billy no, teams Mario out there. is a beast. Um, is, I, I agree. I don't think he's. Um, I don't think he's there long term. Picture. Probably not. Um, all right. So my second one, I think, is also going to be on your list. I think um, I, I mentioned it. You said you were looking at it, but if it is, then that's okay. We'll just talk about it. Um, yeah. I think, I think there's a possibility. I'm not going to predict that it's going to happen, but I'm not as confident um, without Tua that Miami is going to go down to New York or go up to New York. I mean and beat the Jets, which sounds outlandish. But the Jets' defense is actually pretty good. The Jets' defense is actually pretty Robert good. They've got, defense. they've got some offensive uh, playmakers uh, with Garrett Wilson, Corey Davis. They've got um, Reese Hall, who's played really well. What is mm-hmm. their other running back's name? Michael Carter. And Michael Carter. So they've got two really good young running backs. They've got two good wide receivers. Zach yeah. Wilson, that first half of the game last week, didn't play very well. But that second half turned a huge corner, played great. Um, and it looks like the Jets are playing really, really hard. I could see the Jets – who knows? I could see them pulling an upset, but at the very minimum, I do think this game is going to be competitive to the end. Yeah, because I think the ceiling on what Miami's offense can do – and, yeah, this was one of the games. Um, I had it as um, – I think it's what to look for is what do these teams look like with pretty much brand new quarterbacks, both guys, their first week they played was last week. We really don't know what to expect week to week from either team under these two new quarterbacks. I think that's what this week is going to be. It's going to be very telling to see what we think of a Teddy Bridgewater led Dolphins offense and a Zach Wilson led Jets offense. I think that this game is going to, um, encapsulate that really well. Uh, I move the chance on what you were saying. I think when anytime you're taking out an MVP candidate, which it was a joke before, but I think Tua really played up to it before getting injured. Of he was going to be in that MVP conversation if the, the Dolphins kept doing what they were doing. It's anytime you're taking that out, I think they're super limited in what really they can do. They just got to lean on those playmakers and get them the ball as soon as possible. Well, and so I'm looking at this game right now, and there was an article that was posted by the Dolphins Wire two hours ago. It says Dolphins injury report, Tyreek Hill limited on Thursday. Um, oh. So he may not even be 100% of the game. I'm not sure. Didn't, I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure he'll play. I mean, it just says he's limited. It doesn't say he's like out, out. But I thought um, Bottle came out of the Thursday night game against the Bengals questionable, too. It says wide receiver Jalen Waddle groin was updated to limited on Thursday. So yeah, I both think of their wide receivers might be banged up. This is a huge opportunity for the Jets. Yeah. Pretty pretty obvious. Um they should they should probably win this game. I I I think that there's a very real possibility they that they can win this game. Um, now the Dolphins are a great team and we, we both put them in our top five. So it's not like it'll be easy. They're still a great team minus, I mean, their defense is good. Um, but I mean, we'll see, we'll see. I mean, I, if it's one of those things where would you have to call that an upset if they win? Because if Tyreek is banged up, if Waddle's banged up and they're playing with their backup quarterback, I don't think that's an upset if the Jets win. No, no. I think if you're looking at it from Miami's perspective, nothing's changed. You guys should still be looking to make the playoffs. Still should be looking for a playoff win when you get yeah. down there with how well this team was playing. You're down so many people. You can't be – if you were to take 
the starting QB and their two best wide receivers from every single team. It's I don't think you're choosing any team really to get a win that week. Except for the Niners. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, all right. So my last my last move to change is gonna be on the guy whose drum I've been beating for the literally since the very beginning, and that's Jalen Hurts. Lamar yeah, Jackson a jersey. Lamar Jackson had I think he had the lead going into last week's game against the Bills. I think yeah. that was very clear. But he, he he's had the game that Jalen has not. He had 144 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. I know he ran for 73 yards. Lamar Jackson is an amazing, amazing player. He might be the best overall player in the NFL, maybe. Yeah. If we could be talking about Micah Parsons, though, in that, in that as well. But Jalen Hurts has not had that game. Jalen Hurts last week against the uh, – I, I mean, granted, he didn't – light up um Jacksonville. he didn't light up Jacksonville now the conditions weren't great um he did throw one yeah. interception he ran for another touchdown but I think Jalen Hurts this week against Arizona is going to push himself forward as the front runner for the MVP I have been I have been more and my prediction at the beginning of the season also I mean yes I believed in him but it also came from a place like I just really wanted him to play well. Like, so like I, with everything that happened to him in college and then him sort of getting thrown in there, uh, you know, a season or two ago and just, it felt like nobody really, everybody was like, yeah, we're going to put Jalen in and we're going to wait for our next quarterback. And I just, I was so happy when at the beginning of this season, he was like, well, wait a minute, <laughs> hang on, Philly. <laughs> let me, let me show you what I can do. Yeah. Um, and he has played so, so, so well. And I think after this week, I think Jalen Hurts is going to move. They're playing the Cardinals, and they don't have an amazing defense. Um, I think he's going to push himself into the front runner for the MVP race. Yeah, I think I, I totally agree. Uh, I would even go one step further and say at the end of the first quarter, Lamar Jackson was far and away the MVP candidate because of what he was doing early on to be leading 20 to three against Buffalo. And then they go into that whole collapse and he, that offense sputters and everything that happens, right? If it's there for him, the door is wide open and hurts his first in line. All he has to do is continue to do what he's doing and walk through it. If they get to, we talked about it, I think something like 14 and two, with the uh, schedule that they have, which is super easy, super light, I think you got to give it to him. With the numbers that he is just, just going to naturally put up, rushing and throwing, and he looks like a much improved passer, he's going to he he should win it. Yeah, and I do I do agree. I think it's going to be um, very dependent on where they finish. Because if they do end up getting the number one seed in the NFC, obviously sometimes the MVP awards can be narrative awards. Mm. Um, and I think everybody thought that the Eagles were going to be good this season. Um, but for them to be playing the way that they have been, yeah, if they win the NFC, which I think at this point is a very, very realistic thing to expect, and he continues to go at this pace, yeah, there's no reason why he shouldn't win the MVP unless unless Buffalo, like, doesn't lose the rest of the season and Josh Allen just goes nuts, which he has been. Josh mm -hmm. Allen has played great this season. Yep. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I really feel like Jalen Hurts is going gonna, is gonna to pull away at least. And I'm more so I'm hoping for it, um, but we'll see. We'll see. I, I'm I'm really rooting for. I think I think two is knocked out because he's going to <laughs> literally knocked out. Uh, he's going to unfortunately, yeah, miss um, miss last week. He's going to miss this week. I think that just kind of disqualifies him from any MVP conversation because I don't foresee any guys missing more time. Uh, Lamar, I think, is going to put up more impressive numbers than what Jalen's doing. I don't. 
slight. I don't for one second think that that's going to be the norm of what we saw last week. I think it's going to be closer to that revenge tour that he was putting on in the first three games. So I think he's going to be up there and it really comes down to which team probably finishes higher in their respective conferences. Mm-hmm. Which at this point just feels like it's going to be uh, uh, Philly. Yeah, it's an easier road for sure. So, yeah, go Jalen Hurts. Woo-woo. All right, what's your third one? Uh, so my third one is Baltimore v. I wrote Baltimore v. Ravens. Baltimore v. Cincinnati this week on Sunday night. I think the winner of this game, flat out, is going to win the division. Probably. Probably. I mean, I, I, I still am going to favor at least right now, even if they lose, even if they lose, I think I will still favor Baltimore. Three straight losses point in time. Right. Um, But I mean, I get what you're saying. Both teams have underperformed. I mean, I, I I think Um, so I understand where you're coming from in the sense that, you know, they both underperformed. I think they're both two and two. Mm-hmm. Um, so whoever wins this is going to have the the foothold for the rest of the season. I could see it, but I think at this point, I would still lean towards the Ravens just because of how well Lamar has been playing. But no, I, I do think that that's definitely not an outlandish thing to think. I think this, a win for either team would be like that coming together moment of, wow, we just beat maybe our biggest rival in the division, this, like the current iteration of this division, I think these two teams are at the top and going to be battling for a spot. So to get this win, I think just you let everything else go. If since he wins, you let go of the loss to the Steelers and the, gosh, who was the other bad loss that they had? Which one? The Bengals? Yeah. Yeah. They lost oh, the Steelers and uh, in week two. Who did they lose? I think they lost to the Cowboys. The Cowboys with Cooper Rush. Yeah. You let, if you get a win against Baltimore, all that is, who cares at this point? Now you're just moving on. You're above 500 for the first time all year. I think this this is that launching off point for Cincinnati. They get to the win. And Baltimore, same thing. Yeah, we blew a lead against Miami. Yeah, we blew a lead against Buffalo. But we got this win against Cincinnati. So now we're up and like they have played so well without getting that result. If they were to now get yeah. that result, it's like, no, we're one of the best teams in the NFL. And we've been playing like it, just having anything, it has the ball hasn't fallen our way. Right. Right. Well, I mean, I definitely think it's the uh, I don't think that's an outlandish thing to think by any means. So that is the Sunday night game. And then um yeah, that'll launch us into the Monday night game. So let's actually talk. Let's actually take a look at these games real quick. Uh, let's make our picks. We obviously didn't pick for week four. Um, so we're behind in um, in that regard, but we're going to move mm-hmm. past and go on to week five. So tonight's game, tonight's game, which by the time that this episode releases, uh, which will be uh, Friday. The, yeah, it'll be Friday. Um, this game will already have been played. But as of right now, it's going to be on in two and a half hours. So Broncos, Colts, who you got? <laughs> Man, this is a both these teams suck. Um, I'm gonna take Broncos. I think the loss of Jonathan Taylor that swings it for me. If Taylor was playing, I feel much better about the Colts because the Broncos' offense has looked awful. I think they're 31st in the league, so I'm gonna give respect to that Broncos defense and how they've been playing, and I'm gonna give it to them. I agree. I'm gonna take the Broncos, and uh, mainly because they're at home. I do think Denver is not the easiest place in the world to go play. So I'll take the Broncos at home uh, against the Colts. Uh, the next one we'll go to is a 6 a.m. game, <laughs> 6.30 a.m. In, Lo- in London. In London for the Packers and the Giants. I will take the Packers on the road. By the way, this is, I think, the first time mm-hmm. a London game has been played where both teams have a winning record. I think that was the stat that I heard. <laughs> um, so... Got to hand it to the Giants for having a winning record so far. Right, um, absolutely. I, I give it to the Packers. Yeah, I've said that they've 
not played up to standards, but they should win this game. Yeah, they have not, but that that's fair. So, all right. Um, now we got Jared Goff versus Zappy of the Patriots. Um, the Lions. I got to figure out his first name. Let me look at it real quick. Bailey Zappy, right? Bailey Zappy of the Patriots. Right. Oh, the, the household Lions, name. Right, household name. Lions Patriots. Now it is in Foxborough. If that changes me, anything for you, give me Detroit. I think this offense under Jared Goff has been playing so well. It's going to be tough in New England. Uh, hopefully, St. Brown comes back. I know Swift is out this weekend, which is a big loss. But this offensive line has been playing incredible for De- for Detroit. I think it's one of the probably top three performing offensive lines. Now they're probably going to go out and give up 10 sacks to New England, just how it works. But I, I like Detroit. Now, Bailey Zappi actually played fairly well um, coming in in that game but i'm gonna pick the lions with my heart not my head one Mm. of these games has to fall this this cannot be like last season where they were in all of these games and they just they lose like i their their offense is insane with how many points they put up if their defense could make a stop they would have a winning record so yeah go lions um chargers browns browns are at home Give me the Chargers. Yeah, as much as I don't want to, this is a tough draw for as a Raider fan this week because it, I feel like both other AFC, because the Raiders play the Chiefs, I feel like the other two AFC West teams kind of have pretty pretty easy wins for their team. So I'm going to take the Chargers um, as well with that. So let's go to the Jaguars and the Texans. I'll take the Jags at home. Yeah, Jags have been the class of the AFC South. I think they they get it done against Houston. Did they win that division? Yeah, I think they will. Tennessee's making uh, Tennessee's coming around to form, like coming kind of coming around. They've looked better over the past couple of weeks, but yeah. So Jacksonville win that division? Yeah, they should. I think they they pose such a big problem to the rest of the teams in that division. They should take care of business. Their defense, I was looking at it, um, has a, only allowed 67 points this um, this season, which in the AFC right now is the second best. Yeah. So, go Jags. Um, Falcons, Buccaneers. I'm going to take the Bucks. Uh, Bucks are at home? Yep. Yeah, I'll take the Bucks. All right, not a lot of disparity this week. Bills, Steelers. I think the Steelers are a 14-point underdog. I think that was the last line that I heard. That's too much. I think that's too much. The other offense is going to look better with Kenny. I think so. Not going to be enough to beat the Bills, though. No, no, I'll take the Bills. But I, I, take, I take the Steelers plus 14. Yeah, yeah. Um, would you take the Jets? over Miami we just talked about it Uh, this could be a Zach Wilson throws four picks game Mm -hmm. and Miami (laughs) absolutely wins it or yep Zach Wilson plays like the second half of last week I'll take the Jets I am too I'm gonna do it I'm gonna do it yeah I'm gonna do it um I especially if Waddle and Tyreek are even limited yeah that is a big, big, big storyline going into that game. Vikings, Bears. Vikings are at home. I'm going to take the purple guys. Yeah, I'll take the Vikings. All right. I'm going to find that game all that interesting. <laughs> um, Titans, Commanders. Titans are on the road. Ooh. Um, no, give me the Titans. Yeah, yeah the Titans. I agree. Not, again, not a lot of disparity this week. Saints, Seahawks. I'm taking Geno. I said it in my um, in my Move the Chains segment, so I'm going to take Geno and the Seahawks. It's in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Um, Superdome's never easy. I'm going to take New Orleans, even though I think in Move the Chains I said that Geno is going to play well. Hey, he can still play well and make a lose. Um, 49ers-Panthers. Easy dub. All right. 
We already know which way we're going with that one. I'm going to take uh, Jimmy G as well. Okay, so now we got the Eagles and the Cardinals. I'm going to take the Eagles on the road. Yeah, I think the Eagles win. Like you said, Cardinals defense has been bad. Not that good. that side of the ball is definitely letting down. And the, the Cardinals offense, apart from playing well against the Raiders defense, they just – like – struggled so mightily yeah another team that has struggled mightily is the rams we were talking about the cowboys and the rams in this game who you got in that game i'm I'm taking the cowboys i am too i am too cooper rush Bengals. ravens ravens are at home in this game i'm gonna take the ravens in this game here's the thing too the ravens secondary is terrible or at least has been playing terrible so there's an opportunity here for Joe Burrow, I think, to throw for like a thousand yards. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, the atmosphere is going to play a big role in this, I think, in my mind. So I'm going to take the Ravens as well. Um, and then I always pick the Raiders regardless of who they're playing. So I'm picking the Raiders. I'm 100% sure you're not. Um, oh, no, I think the Chiefs are in the Arrowhead. Yes, it's in Arrowhead. <laughs> yeah, give me the Chiefs. So now we're at two games, definitely the least that we've had. I don't think we need to go to five. I don't think there's any clear cut uh, games. Really? Yeah. So the only so game that Saints and the Saints, whatever they're playing. Yeah, the Saints and the Seahawks. That is the only game other than obviously the Chiefs and the uh, the Raiders. Um, those are the only games that we differ on. Which again isn't the norm for us but i don't feel like there's a ton of disparity in this week to make obvious flips um so if there's one that either one of us are feeling good about then we can do that i'm the only one that i think i would consider would be the patriots and the lions Mm -hmm. um is max still out he's out for a while right it's gonna be it's gonna be zappy oh yeah Um, we just talked about it's going to be zappy. Um, yeah. I could maybe see the Browns pulling an upset on the Chargers. I don't think mm-hmm. that's realistic, but it's a possibility. Um, if you don't feel confident on any, then I will flip on the Patriots-Lions one. How do you feel about the Jets? I want to stick with it just because I, I said it in the, in the segment. Um, so, I mean, I couldn't see the Dolphins doing it. They're a top team in the league, so it's not, it's not far-fetched to say they're going to win. Yeah. Uh, it's probably the safer flip. Um, Who did the Jets just beat? The Jets, um, I have their schedule right here. They just beat the Steelers. Um, they also beat the Browns. Mm-hmm. They lost to the Mm. Bengals, and they lost to the Ravens. Beat the Steelers last week. Okay, I guess I'll stay there. Um, Yeah, it's up to you, man. All right, I will flip on the Patriots then. Um, And just to give us some disparity, uh, I will flip on the Patriots. I'm rooting for the Lions, though. I will will say that. Um, All right, so the only ones we're different on are the Patriots, Lions, Seahawks, Saints, Raiders, Chiefs. All right. Three games. Our picks will be up in the middle of the screen yep. right here. Um, I think I'm still ahead. Um, you are. Picks. Yeah. I think by you're... one week. No, you definitely are. It's 2 1. I won the last one. week. I did win pretty handily. I think because we I differed. So, yeah. We differed on five games and I won every single game. Mm-hmm. Um, so our percentages are a little closer, but you're above 50, and I think I'm still below. It'll be in the right. corner of this. Yeah, it'll be up here. So, it'll be up here somewhere. So, all right. Well, that'll do it for us on Nothing to Say the Fans podcast. We really do appreciate you guys sticking around to the end of the show. Um, have a wonderful week. We will see you all next week. We just got through, like I said, Sam just got through a mind-blowingly long work week. Um, no, still I had a, he is still, still in it. it. Still in it. <laughs> I had uh, I had five exams in uh, 
like 14 days. Um, so it was just study, 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 one exam after another. So, and I had to, a project that I had to do. So I have sure some time to Pretty sure your professors got together and were like, "Oh, you you also have Mr. Russell in your class. Let's let's put them all this week, all the midterms this week." It was, it was hilarious talking to all of the other, you know, students in the classes because we all relatively have similar schedules. Uh, yeah. But I have class Monday, Wednesday, Friday, so it was Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Monday, Wednesday for the exams. Um, so every school day <laughs> consecutive in a row. And then that last Wednesday was turning in part one of a project. So it was good times. It was good times. We escaped, we escaped with, with relatively good grades though. Um, oh, I think, yeah, I, uh, I, I felt good about all of the exams and I, and I scored well on all of the exams. So it sucked, but did well. So Nice. All right. Well, we will see you all next week. I hope your guys' teams win, unless they're the Chiefs, and we will see you all next week. See ya. Toodles. <laughs>